Because one of the things that happens when we feel anxious in the big moments that can keep us from showing up authentically is we are so focused on doing it right or doing it perfectly or meeting some sort of external standard, or we're just playing head games with ourselves because somebody's chatting over on the side and we're like, ah, and it gets in our heads, right? Is we're no longer present. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. Hi there, friends. My first book, Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want, is now out in the world. Thank you so much for your support of the book. With your help, we are a number one Amazon bestseller in the business ethics category and a number one new release for time management in business and business etiquette. I have poured my heart into this book with personal stories and stories for my coaching clients using the values first framework. Between the constant pressure of job performance and demands on your time, it's easy to lose sight of your values, letting them shift out of alignment. Those simple misalignments are keeping you from feeling joyful and fulfilled. Learn how to recenter your life and career around what truly matters to you. Order Values First now at your favorite independent bookstore or at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. I wanna make sure that you are the first to know about every book activity that we have in store, including virtual and in-person events. Stay up to date by joining our list at thecatchgroup.com slash values first. That's thecatchgroup.com slash values first. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm really happy to share my conversation with you with our guest, Sally Zimney. Whether in a keynote or training, Sally's specialty is helping leaders and those who want to become them, to step out in front with more confidence, clarity, and courage so that they can lead more effectively and inspire engagement with their audience. Sally is an award-winning speaker and veteran speaking coach who has spoken in front of thousands of people over the last 20 years, from the TEDx stage to the executives of Fortune 500 companies. She hosts a new and noteworthy podcast about the art of public speaking and thrives on empowering people to do things they think they cannot do. Sally has inspired hundreds of speakers to show up and speak their signature story and leverage their power of speaking in their business, transforming their personal and professional lives. Stepping out isn't for the faint of heart, so Sally puts her whole heart into it. Sally's speakers have graced the TEDx stages, conference stages, online summits, and even taken home some Emmy Awards. When not speaking or coaching speakers, 
Sally's in the midst of raising three teenagers with her college sweetheart husband and their fluffy dog, Bailey. Today, we are talking about how to be authentic in the big and small moments at work and life. Talked about how to know what those right moments are and how to show up authentically. More importantly, we talked about if you can't anticipate those moments and one arises, how to ground yourself and give yourself space to show up authentically. We also talked about mindset shifts. And you'll even get to hear a story of when I did not show up at my best and how I could have done it better. There are a ton of actionable examples and tools in this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Let's get started. Well, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Sally. Thank you. I am really excited to be here. I think this is such an important conversation, how we can show it more authentically. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, before we get into that important conversation, can you give us a little bit more about your background and tell us your story? Absolutely. So I have always been drawn to the stage. And I use that term really loosely stage, meaning I did theater. I did high school speech, improv. Uh, yes, I will DJ the school dance. Yes, I will. Um, (laughs) the neighborhood talent show absolutely put that mic in my hand. Like I just have always really enjoyed the art of public speaking. And I kind of use that term really generically as well, but I also just really believe in and love the connection that can happen between a speaker and an audience. And again, I know many people, even if they speak, don't consider themselves a speaker. And for me, I just felt, have always felt really comfortable in that role. And when I was a very young professional, I ended up speaking to teenagers during the day. I'd done a lot of theater and I had been trained by some of the best speech coaches in the country in high school and did really, really well in that arena. But talking to teenagers is a really, really different can of beans (laughs) and (laughs) they do not put up with anything less than real. They can smell a fake from the other side of the room and they just don't have any tolerance for it. And they get bored easily. They're just like, do not stand up there and lecture at me, lady, that is not going to fly. And we were talking about these big, important ideas like kindness and courage and respect. And if I sounded like a mom, they were just going to head for the hills really quickly. So I remember a moment where I took this beautiful script I had written about the idea of following your heart instead of the crowd. It was like a courage moment. How do we have courage And this is such a needed message. And I feel so passionate about it. I'd written this beautiful script that I had perfected and I'm standing up there and I'm like, they are not with me. You know, this kid over here is, is doodling in the dust on the gym floor. And these two over here are chatting with each other. And somebody in the back of the room is like spinning around, not even paying attention. I was like, I have got to do something stat. Like right now I have got to skip over all this perfect speech that I had written and get to the next story. And that is what I did. So I 
you know, bypassed all these beautiful lines that I'd written and jumped right into the story. And it was like magic. All of a sudden, everybody out there who hadn't been paying attention, little by little, their little heads pop up. I see them listening and they're thinking and the chatting, you know, quiets down. And I was like, wow, there's something really magical happening here. And despite how beautiful my message was written and how powerful those words were, was like without the story, it was just not getting in. And it triggered for me a whole journey around persuasion and how do we really get people to not just listen to what we're saying, but consider a new point of view and for their hearts to be changed. And so I did grad school. I have a master's degree in persuasion and then went and took that and applied it to my work as a speaker and a speaker coach. And it doesn't just, these theories don't just apply to, you know, middle school kids and teenagers. They really do apply all across the board. And the most important element of a persuasive experience, what really pulls people in and gets them to consider something else is standing in that space as the speaker with our full heart and authentic being as a full dimensional human being up there. And if we can do that, really big things can happen from there, but it's not easy. It's not easy to do that. Yeah. It's not easy to do that. So what entails these full hearted moments? Like, is it stories that are just so important to you? Are they pivotal? Are they like, how do we define kind of authenticity in those spaces? Like what is, what is authentic, what is authentic, like look like in those spaces? It's a great question. And what's, what I love about it is I think it looks different depending on the person you know, that, uh, authentic for me is different than authentic for you. And so I've been coaching, uh, leaders and entrepreneurs and, you know, authors and, and all kinds of different people who feel a pull out front. There's some message that they feel so passionate about that they're willing to take the risk to step in front of an audience to try and serve them in that way. And I have to say, like, just if I just said, here's what I do, here's how I do it. And you do it like me, that's not going to work. But that is how many of us approach those moments is we watch someone who we admire, and then we end up kind of putting on their style or their approach, or we, we, you know, and that's often how we learn. So that's an okay place to start, but the real power is in the process of learning to take some of those layers off the layers of polish, the layers of, you know, shoulds, the layers of role that we play. I mean, there's, there's a lot that can get in the way of what feels like a true connection between speaker and audience. And the way I think about authenticity in those moments is it's not just this feels comfortable for me as a speaker, because it's not comfortable. Speaking is vulnerable. Speaking is risk. Uh, Even in, in front of a boardroom or you're having a big conversation with a boss or a colleague that gets your heart rate going. Like those are the big moments where we're like, how do I stay really grounded in who I am 
my life experiences, my stories, my style, my approach, like how do I stay grounded in that and not lose that in that sense of here's what I feel like I should be. So for me, I define authenticity as a genuine connection between two people. So from an audience perspective, whoever that is, they believe you when you speak, they hear you and see you and say, not necessarily, I agree with you, but I believe you. I have a sense of who you really are and we know it. We can feel it when you're talking to someone, you're like, you're being, you're being real with me. Thank you. And from a speaker perspective, what authenticity feels like is vulnerability. And so when we can step into that space, where like, not that we're like sharing all and really like, here's everything. And I'm going to be an emotional wreck in front of people. That's not what I'm saying. But, but when your heart beats a little bit and you have some kind of adrenaline response, that is a call to not layering up, but just really grounding back down and, and knowing that this is a, a moment for courage and for authenticity. I love so many things of what you just said. So let's, I want to dig into a couple of those. I resonated to like the grounding in who you are, like, who are you and sharing that with other people. Right. And so as I talk about authenticity, I talk about grounding into your values, right? So I know what my values are. And those are the things that I, I even enjoy talking about more, right? Because those are how I define what's important to me. And so when I'm in the space of vulnerability or these moments that you said, yes, my heart is racing, but because I'm grounded in something, it Mm -hmm. makes it feel not comfortable, but it makes it feel okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. I resonated with that, what you said a lot. Yeah. I think about it. Like we know there's dangerous risks out there, right? And we all know, like, this is a good risk. This is, this is a risk that on the other side of this risk is potential growth or truth in some way that we're willing to stand up for and literally stand up and speak on behalf of like, not that there aren't consequences sometimes for this, because not everybody's going to like us and not everybody's going to agree. And that is part of this whole equation and mix that makes speaking so impactful and challenging. But we also know like there's power in that there's courage, all the leaders that we admire, this is part of what they do. They show up with authenticity. They take the good risks and they're willing to put themselves on the line for things that they believe in. The other thing that you said that resonated with me is this feeling of the audience that they believe you. And I think the opposite is also true when you're, when you're not being authentic, it is so easy. Like you said, those teenagers are like, yeah, no, Um, it is so easy to see when people are not being authentic, they are saying something that they think that you want to hear. Yep. Um, but it's just so not true. Right. And this is, this is a journey for everybody. And I, as a, as a woman growing up in the Midwest, I live in Minnesota. Like I learned the playbook really early on and really well, and it worked really well for me. 
I was like, I know how to play this game and I know how to play that game, not in a manipulative way, but in a, this is how I succeed way. This is how people go, oh, oh, Sally is doing everything right. You know, the sort of good girl, people pleasing baloney that we are, so many of us are fed. And so it has taken me years to undo some of that and recognize not the, the, like what that all got me, but that I don't want to betray myself anymore. And it's no fun to pretend. And it feels so much better. And even when things don't work out the way I want them to, I feel really proud of myself like that. That's what I want to land in and take with me when I'm taking those big risks. You mentioned um, a couple of examples of some of these moments, whether that's a hard conversation with your boss, a team meeting, something in the boardroom delivering a tough message, or maybe even a great message. How do we define some of these big and small moments? Mm -hmm. And what do we need to do to prepare for them? If we don't know that they're coming, like some of them, we know, oh, we have a big presentation or this or that. But in some of these moments, you don't always have it, especially now. I feel like the world is changing real quick and people are looking to us Mm. to hear our point of view on something. Yeah. Oh, right. There are lots of, lots of different things. Um, And so how do we uh, know what those moments are, or maybe even, Mm. I don't know if you can anticipate them, I guess, how can you identify them and maybe be ready for them? Well, I think your body tells you. Mm. So your body knows sometimes even before your brain does and the adrenaline response in your body. And it's not, like you said, it doesn't mean that it's a scary thing necessarily, or a bad message. It's just a, your body going, okay, it's time. It's telling you it's time, even if it's just raise your hand or it's, I want to take this opportunity or it's my turn in this team presentation to do something. It's like the body knows, I think, before the brain does. And, you know, part of the shift that we're talking about that we haven't really articulated in this yet is that when we show up authentically and when we are really owning our space as leaders, we're leveraging our voice in that way. We are shifting from just someone who is a professional, who is an expert at something, who is whatever your role is. We're shifting from that into something that is deeper and requires more courage. And that is what I would call thought leadership. And it's that shift from expert to thought leader that starts to chisel what I would say, our point of view say, well, I have something to contribute to this conversation. And, you know, regardless of what your, your past was, or if, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not a thought leader. I'm like, well, if you have a point of view and you want other people to join you in that point of view, that is thought leadership or an attempt at thought leadership and, and to try and leverage your skills and ideas to do that. So that's a mindset shift. There's some strategic things. And that's part of what I talk about is, listen, we can't just give people information in those moments where we, we were showing up with a point of view 
always. Sometimes we hide it behind information. And what I want people to do is actually put your point of view out front. That is part of leadership and how we can really leverage our voice and our story. Does that make sense? It does. And it's, it's really interesting the way that you say that, because sometimes it's, you know, sharing your point of view is sharing how you, just how you think, how you're, how, like how you're processing information. And I find that the women that I coach, sometimes they don't see that as valid. They think that they have to have the answer. Like they're not going to speak up in a meeting or whatever it is because they don't have a perfectly like presentation ready answer. They need to, you know, and some people like myself, I'm an introvert. I like to process things. Um, but sometimes the best thing that you can do is just to say, Hey, I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z, and this is why, because you know, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. And that, that shifts the conversation to a new lens. Um, Mm. and to your point, it's, it is thought leadership sharing how you think with other people and they might not be thinking that. And so it is, it is new information, and it's from you and it's just as valid, sometimes even more valid than the quote unquote right answer. Yeah. And to add another layer of complexity onto this, it isn't just, here's what I know. And here's what I think, like, here's my point of view. It's also really allowing people in to see us as fully three-dimensional human beings. And it's so funny when I think back pre pandemic, I used to give a, I do lots of speaking and in one of my talks, I would reference the moment from, I was like 2017, maybe there was this guy, Robert Kelly, and this video went viral, totally viral. He was being interviewed for the BBC, I think. Yes, I love that. About North Korea. Favorite favorite clip ever. It is so funny. And it took the internet by storm. Yeah. And right? the, the, the little kid came in and yes. he didn't know, and he couldn't get up because he was probably wearing shorts or something. Yes. And then the baby comes in. Right. Yes. And, and the mom, the mom comes his in, wife comes in and she's like, no, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is all happening. Well, he's done this BBC interview. You know, yeah. I, t- I use that example of like, listen, we, most of us would absolutely die in that one. Like we don't want people to see us other than our most credible, our most polished, our most perfect selves, because we feel like if I don't show them all of this, like I will lose credibility. And if they see what a mess my life is behind this, then they'll feel, they'll think less of me. They won't buy into what I'm saying, or they'll professionally, it'll hurt me. And I think one thing that and I've never believed that I've always believed that when people see us as real people, and when we share what's hard, when we share where we're struggling, when we're like, I don't know something. And we say that it's actually a trust building moment because people say your life looks more like my life now versus we hold ourselves up on this perfection pedestal. Um, and we put speakers on that pedestal all the time. And it's like, for real, they don't have their shit together. You know, like they are not the, uh, nobody wants to listen to the leadership speaker who never talks about what's hard. And they're just right? like, I did this. I did these three things and was a great success. It's like, good for you, but I'm over here struggling, you know? So I think the 
pandemic in some ways has actually been great because we've all been invited into our spaces. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, there's, Oh, Sally's dog again is barking. Uh-huh. And it's real. It's real. We have these lives full lives. And so the more we can bring the fullest sense of ourselves, even into the business world, maybe even especially into the business world, especially yes, the more connected we will be to each other truly. Yeah. I I really love that advice. I want to share an example of you where I maybe didn't do any of those things you just said. And (laughs) I want to use this as a case study of how you can teach us how can we be prepared or how can we show up how we want to? The world is getting more and more complex and a bit chaotic, pandemic, social unrest, recession, hybrid workforce, you name it, it is here. And it's hard to navigate home and work for yourself and for your team. And what about time for you? It seems non-existent. Our recent podcast listener and reader told me the following, this has been a light bulb moment, knowing my values and then identifying boundaries to protect my values and building systems to support those boundaries. It's been incredible. When I've broken one of those boundaries, remembering my values has kept me focused. In Values First, this book can give you the tools to build those boundaries, but more importantly, how to keep them with a proven framework to identify what matters most to you and the motivation to build a sustainable plan. Values First, how knowing your core beliefs can get you the life and career you want is now available wherever books are sold. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash values first to learn more and stay connected. That's thecatchgroup.com slash values first. So let me um, set the scene. So I was in the C-suite, the chief learning officer, and we were as a leadership team going to an offsite for one of our customers, um, some of our our field customers. And there's about, I don't know, 200, 300 people in the audience. And I knew there was going to be a panel, a leadership panel where people could ask questions. I, however, did not know I was going to be on said panel. So, um, a little bit about what a delightful me. surprise, I know, right? delightful surprises, you know, that happens like, and I get that, like, of course, at, at any moment I could need to talk about X, Y, Z. And I'm usually fine with that. But for some reason I was super nervous because I was still pretty new in my job. I had never really met any of these, you know, customers before, and, um, they were supposed to be a pretty tough crowd is what I heard. Right. And so my anxiety just kind of shot up. I like you said, I could feel it in my body. Like yeah. my heart was beating out of my chest. I was like, they will be able to hear it on this microphone. Like, like, uh, be careful where you put that microphone. Right. <laughs> so I'm in these, you know, on this stage, you know, the regular platform in a big ballroom with a bunch of round tables. Yeah. I'm looking yep. at everybody and there's probably four of us on this panel that included like my um, other people in the, in the C-suite. And I was the, by far probably, I was one of the younger people in at the time. So I just had, you know, imposter syndrome was running thick. I'm an introvert. I didn't prepare. I don't know what they're going to ask me. They're supposed to be hard, blah, 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 all this stuff running through my head. And there was a question that I knew was going to be for me. So I was able to talk about it. 
And I was talking and answering questions and looking at the audience. And then I look over to my right and two of the other panelists are like talking to each other and like, you know, you know, under their breath kind of thing. And I was like, surely they're talking about me now. I have What am I doing? Yeah. What are they doing? What's wrong? Like, what did I say something wrong? And one of them happened to be my boss. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so now I'm just like, what? the heck am I going to do? I'm, I'm just going to finish this as soon as possible. Anyway, I answered the question. I was up there for not long. I don't know. The whole thing lasted maybe a whole 15 minutes, 20 minutes max. <laughs> Other people had answered questions at the same time. I was so happy to get off that stage, but I like, I, I did. I answered the questions mm-hmm. later that night. We had a team dinner and one of my peers who was in the audience, um, who didn't have to be on stage, uh, she came up to me and she was like, Hey, can I give you some feedback? I was like, of course mm-hmm. I love feedback. It's one of the, one of my values is growth and development. So I'm like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Please do. And I was like, Oh, if it's about that panel, that was a mess. Right. And she was like, well, I just want to share what I saw just like behaviorally. And I was like, yeah, I didn't feel that confident. She was like, I could tell because your voice went up the, up an octave. And you were, you were rubbing your leg because we were sitting on those, like, you know, those like bar stool chairs that are like sort of precarious when you're on that stage anyway. They're the worst. They are the worst. But for some reason, that's like always the setup the hotels do. And so she said I was rubbing my leg so much. She thought I was going to rub a hole into my pants. (laughs) she she was very good on the very specific feedback right yeah yeah and so i was even of course after getting that um yeah. getting that feedback i was even more mortified it was worse than i thought it was oh, but shoot. at the same time i was very happy that she felt you know sh- she gave me that feedback because yeah. nobody else did did anybody yeah. else nope yeah. and so for good or for bad nobody else had the courage to give me that feedback so I was really happy that she did and I thought about okay well how can I prepare better next time and how can I you know I didn't and as we talked about the things that you just mentioned I did not feel like myself I answered the question as I thought it, I was supposed to as an expert in the C-suite leader and all the things mm-hmm. like what if I had done all these other things I know to do now, like ground myself, you know, pace myself and just show them who I am. Right. Like, I'm so happy to meet you all. And I just jumped right into, I know the answer. I'm going to tell you the answer. Right. And so it's really interesting now looking back at that very specific example of like, oh, that was a hot mess. (laughs) And I wasn't, and I wasn't ready for it, but I, I knew I should have been right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Have you ever watched it? No, never watched it back. Okay. No, it wasn't recorded. So I wasn't able to watch it back. Okay. And typically I don't encourage my speakers to do that because we tend to be really hard on ourselves when we're watching and we notice things about our bodies and our voice that have always been true. But all of a sudden we're like, why do I look like that? Why does it, why does my body do that? Why do I, you know, and it's like, well, that's, that's your body and that's your voice. So at some point that like watching ourselves like that, that level of self-awareness can get in the way. But the reason I ask is there's always going to be, when you get feedback, it's one person's perspective. It's one person's point of view. Right. So it's really hard to know what actually 
the impact really was of what you did. Right. She might've been very specific. It, it might've distracted from the message. It might not have, she was, she already knew the answer right to the question. So all of that kind of stuff. But as I think back to what you said before of, you know, how do you prep for these moments? Looking back, it wasn't a big moment. Does anybody remember that? I'm not even in that job anymore, but does anybody remember that? Probably not. Um, I do, but they probably don't. Um, and if they do, nobody ever said anything else to me. So if it was that big of a deal, I would have hoped that somebody would have said something else. And then, but for me, it's a learning. Now I know it was really interesting. I, I listened to this podcast, obviously, and I know when I'm excited, my voice sometimes goes up. So I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like when I'm greeting people or when I'm laughing or those kinds of things. So that was an interesting connection. Like, oh, well, that means that's excitement for me. And that's okay. Like, I actually like that about myself and my voice. You know, it's such a difficult tension that we have to hold in this between self-awareness and also really letting go. Yeah. And in the same way that we approach these moments and they're a big deal and also not there, it feels like everything, but it's also not everything, every it's survivable. It's all survivable. And it's rare that one of these moments can be destructive for you or for your career, because the truth is most people sitting in any audience has compassion for nerves and anxiety because they would be feeling the same way, right? It's a very rare, rare person that doesn't have any fear going into anything that hasn't been, they haven't done before, or that even is just a, a, the next level of risk. And typically we are always doing the next level of risk. You get invited into the next level of risk. And you're like, Ooh, okay. I think I can do this, but we'll see, you know, right. There's, there's that heart beating in there. And when I think about your moment and, and how to prepare for those moments, you know, what struck me as, as you were telling this part of what you wanted to do in that moment was to prove that I know the answer, right. I've got this right. Yeah. And so there's this proving that when that leads the way, it can sometimes get in the way of you standing more fully in, like you said, your full sense of self, Um, because we are more than just heads of knowledge, right? You are a full being up there, including your body. And so, like you said, it sounds like you now think about before you walk in these moments, you think about, okay, where is my body at? right now? How do I bring my feet into this moment right now? How do I not just be a neck up speaker? And especially when we are on zoom, it's really easy to just be kind of a neck up person. It's like, no, your whole body Mm -hmm. communicates always all the time. And to allow our, our fullest sense of selves into those moments and be present with our body. Cause one of the things that happens when we feel anxious in the big moments that can keep us from showing up authentically is we are so focused on doing it right or doing it perfectly or meeting some sort of external standard, or we're just playing head games with ourselves because somebody's chatting over on the side and we're like, ah, and it gets in our heads, right? Is we're no longer present. Yeah. Yeah. What is really happening 
And so I am a speaker coach that I love to have my people write out their messages, even if it's just like they're outlining it out because it helps you make choices about what you do and do not want to say, but we don't memorize because there's magic in the moment. We have to be fully present with what happens or we go into automated robot mode and don't respond to something that is very real in the moment, the fire alarm that goes off or you trip or somebody laughs unexpectedly at something. And then there's a a whole moment that happens that you didn't plan for. Like that's magic. Those are wonderful, wonderful moments. And so we want to allow for them. And the only way to do that is to really, truly be present. And that is one of the biggest challenges with authenticity is you can't pre-plan everything. You have to bring your full self into the moment that is happening right then and there. It's not easy. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you said that you have to be so present. And if I think back, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> like, yeah. I was so not present yeah. that I do, I couldn't have even told you what I talked about. So interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I love that idea of being grounded, like with your actual feet. There's nothing. One of the things that I do with my speakers is literally say, take your shoes off for just a minute. And I want you to feel the ground underneath you. Like you have support underneath you because when people say it felt like an out of body experience, literally, truly, it feels, we feel untethered, you know, and we're just kind of floating around up there and you're like watching yourself do the thing. You know, if you had that experience, you're, you're, you're saying these things and you're also watching yourself and analyzing yourself saying these things that's not present, right? right? Fully present is feel that sense of support and grounding underneath you. And you draw energy up from that, from that support that exists underneath all of us. And, and then channel that energy, not to yourself, not like, what do I look like? What do I sound like right now? What's going on with me? And I I don't know if I can do this. And all of the internal stuff is like, nope, we forget about that. And we just look at and focus on the people we are talking to and what is happening in the moment. And that level of connection can really ease some of the internal self-talk. It's like, it's not, it's not about you. You're scared. it's, It's not about you. It's not about you. I love that. When I think back to like the times that I knew that I was authentic in those best moments. And usually that's exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. you're grounded, you're present, you have that connection and mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's about the people that you're talking to. Yeah. And, and it, it feels so much, it, you still have the heart mm-hmm. racing, but it's okay because it's this message that you just want to share with others. Yeah. Yeah. to increase that connection. And I can do that in lots of ways, less so in those ways where it's unplanned. So I love these ideas of how do you, in those moments where it is unplanned yeah. or you find yourself in a moment that, you know, you think you should, you know, do this, how can you be grounded and present and then root yourself back into authenticity And for me, what always works is like, who am I as a leader? And I recite my 
like leadership message, which is basically my values. Again, let's hope that I go back to it. And how can I show up as that person in that moment to, to get to that connection? Drawing real strength. It sounds like from your own self-knowledge and your purpose and really leading from that. I love that. I want to add to one of the most important things you can do when you are feeling a little bit of like, what's going on? And I feel a little bit thrown right now, or I'm getting sucked into this sense of I should be doing this, or you just feel like you're kind of losing yourself Mm -hmm. in the moment is to pause, literally like wiggle your toes to remind your yourself that you are in this present moment and you are here, take a deep breath and give yourself a pause, like give yourself a moment. You don't have to like rush through. It's okay. You get to hold that space. And there's something about that pause that just reminds you that you're, you're still in control of what comes out of your mouth. (laughs) Like you are still, it still emanates from you as a being. I watched this. I was at this mastermind experience this past weekend, and I just got to watch our leader be so masterful and how he held his space. And I, I was watching it from the perspective of sometimes feeling for myself, feeling that battle within me of wanting to chameleon my way. Like I come at it with, I've got my ideas and my stories. And, and when I start to go, Oh, this group is more like this. I can play to that side of me, right? Like I can, and there's some wonderful gifts about that for sure, to be able to connect with lots of different people. But what I was watching in our facilitator was how he really held his own space and didn't adjust for other people and what strength came from that. And he was absolutely respectful. It was like, it wasn't a, he didn't put up a wall around Mm -hmm. his space, but it was sort of just a a breadth and an opening and a, a really sense of grounded leadership. And I was like, okay, I recognize this person is so, so grounded in who they are and their authentic voice and what they uh, can contribute in this moment and the value of what they contribute, I was like, rock on. That is what I'm talking about. It was really, really cool to recognize it and see it. So we're all going to do that in slightly different ways because we're different people and we're going to hold space a little bit differently, but just allowing yourself and saying, you know what, I, even if we sometimes have those baloney thoughts of like, who do you think you are? And all of the things that get in the way. It's like, if you can just say, okay, I'm going to pause these right now and just bring my body into this space more fully. It makes everything else. Like we follow our body in that it's the first thing to tell you, like, this is a big moment. And I think it can lead the way for us too, in terms of grounding ourselves and reminding ourselves that your authentic voice and presence and being and stories, they get space. I really like the the pause because I think sometimes um, when near meetings, it feels like, and I can see it, I've done it before and I've seen it in others, this idea of you have to fill the space and it feels like there's a pressure 
to know the answer right away, say something. And I yeah. used to work for or work with a leader in corporate many, many years ago, and he was a senior leader and his style and everybody knew it. Um, and people talk about thought leader. He, he would say, people would like wait for him to like, you know, tell his thing, like, what's his, what is he going to say? Mm-hmm. And he would always say, let me share my thoughts. I have three things. And then he would pause for like, a, like a while. And you're just like, what are the three things? Oh my gosh. And, and you're kind of like at the edge of your seat and you're like, what are they? but he always yeah. had a number of things. He would say, I have three things. I have four things, I have, whatever it was, but that was his, like, he was known for that. And, and he, and he gave the space for his things and you just were waiting for them. He told you the first thing and then he might pause again. (laughs) And he told you the second thing and you might pause again. And then you're, you're like, yeah, you want to under like, what's the third thing? Like, I want to learn from you or I want to see what it is. And so that, I love that example that you shared creating the space, because that was one example that I saw and I thought he did it really well, but he was very consistent in that too. It's kind of like the, you know, the first 30 seconds of somebody's either workshop or their presentation or a pitch or whatever. For most people, they really miss out on the power of that moment of the starting. And it, it, the best thing you can do in that moment is pause because it pulls people in. But what most of us do instead is go, thank you so much for being here. I'm delighted to be here. And I can't wait to talk with you about, you know, and it sounds to the audience like wah, 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 instead of a pause and this sense of, I am about to say something important and not that it has to be profound and serious, but you are, uh, it communicates so clearly. I'm a strong leader. Just the pause, just the pause. It's amazing what the pause can do. Yeah. I really love that as a tool. Thank you so much for, for sharing um, that, that story and that reflection. Now, are there any other actionable tips that you'd like to share with the audience on how we can either prepare or show up um, or anticipate some of these moments to really be our authentic selves and share our authentic leadership? Well, I think letting go of the idea of this is the way we've always done it and allowing space for new ways of being and doing. Because oftentimes, especially when I work with leaders in corporate culture, they feel very, very stuck in that this is the way we do it. This is how we always start. This is how the deck always looks. This is how the, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's just so many cultural, this is how we do it. And it really does limit creativity. It limits all of the different ways and different people and the different beings. So as leaders opening up and really modeling the, we're open to new ways of being and doing is essential. Now I'm not just talking about making space for people whose identities are different and the way they move is different and their body shapes are different and all the different ways that we are human differently, but also just in structure and content and the way you meet and the way like shifting up space sometimes, like just really 
opening up what is possible because as you do that, it really does invite in and inspire other people to do the same thing. So if you see yourself as a leader, it's taking the risk sometimes to do things a little bit differently and validating that. Thank you so much for our conversation. The time has flown by. I um, have thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, before we go, I want to ask you about something that you are making available for the audience. Can you tell us about the simple story framework? I will. Yes. So as we've been talking about authenticity, how important it is to show up authentically to me, the most powerful tool that we have is storytelling, sharing our stories leaning into the persuasive power of stories. It's such a powerful and wonderful peek into each other as full human beings. And it's not just what we know, but it truly is who we are. And so I have developed this simple story framework. It's a really easy acronym, three M's that will give you the uh, a structure so that you can show up and serve your audience with story leading the way so that they can really start to connect with and understand your authentic voice and point of view. So when people are like, I know stories are important, but I don't know exactly how to do it and what stories to tell. And I totally get it. This little framework will help. So you can grab it. If that sounds like something that you want to lean into more for yourself, um, you can grab it at bemoved.com forward slash SSF for simple story framework. Wonderful. And we're going to also put that in the show notes so that people can download it as well. Well, thank you so, so much for this just wonderful conversation. And I really enjoyed our connection today. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.